You're listening to Black Humboldt's second season of Black Aesthetic. And we're celebrating our love for Black arts and culture within Humboldt County. K.M. Ross, popping shots, killing things, and making stuff. Hey, hey, it's your girl, Mo. Mom artist extraordinaire. Baby, baby. Hey, y'all, it's your favorite wiggler and giggler, the flowy healer and fluffy unicorn, Levia. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, it's Tina, the songstress who helps the youth. You can't sit around and wait for somebody to say who you are. You need to write it and paint it and do it. Faith Ringgold. What's up, everybody? Today we have Rashad Hedgepeth. He is a passionate spoken word artist born and raised in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. He has dedicated his life to sharing his gift of self-expression after a near-life death experience. Rashad intends to travel the globe sharing and connecting with others through his words. He's been performing spoken word poetry for three years and looks forward to bringing self-awareness and spirituality together with poetry in a manner that will change the world as we know it. He is a TEDx speaker and has been featured on the PBS station multiple times. Rashad just completed a show in SoCal held by UCSB through the Luke Majory Concert Series. He's looking forward to sharing his message with everyone virtually come this February with uh, more details coming soon and lots of big plans for 2021. So what's up, Rashad? What's up? Hey, Black Humble, what's going on? How y'all doing? Good, good. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so we'll jump right in and just talk about your artistry and uh, what that looked like uh, while you were here in Humboldt County. So I am a spoken word artist. And what did it look like? It was... It's breathtaking, honestly, because that was, uh, I would like to say that was a birth of like, or like the rebirth of my poetry. I was always, I was always creative and writing. And I think I recorded a poem before uh, my moments in Humboldt, but Humboldt is what brought it back to life. I uh, experienced so many things. There are so many emotions, so many different attitudes, ideologies, and just uh, being in nature and the trees and, and experiencing the um, the vices that that place had to offer, and just um, living the humble life, and and that was a beautiful thing. So that made my art exactly what your experience would be in humble. It would be similar to that. So it made my art like that. So I was living my art, and my art was living through me. So you know, it's a very special thing, and I hold it near and dear to my heart, and. You know, I found I found my art or my rebirth in Eureka. You know, Eureka means like, ah, I found it, you know, like excitement. And like, that's honestly, you know, how I feel about it. And that would be what it looked like, a Eureka moment. Wow, that's deep. I feel that. I feel mm. like um, it's hard for creative people not to be creative and humble. It's like so beautiful here. Yeah, I mean, there was so much inspiration there. Just... There's just so much inspiration there for me, especially um, I'm a Pisces. So I like the water and like, you know, being at Trinidad Beach and just going to Samoa Beach and just all of the different access that we have there. You know, we have like uh, the nature walks in the woods. You can go for a hike. It was just um, beyond what I what I had expected. 
and I got to get back. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a place where it, it kind of almost, if you're not creative, then you will be after you leave Humboldt. So I definitely hear that. <clears throat> so, um, tell me, how did you begin your, um, artist, artistic journey? How in life? did I begin? In life, <laughs> in life. Hmm. I think, um, I think, I think it began with, uh, my upbringing and like growing up without my father and um experiencing what it's like to live like in somewhat poverty and like you know gang violence and just like drugs and living through that and being in a single parent home and then you know the statistics show that like hey you know if you if you if you grow up in a single parent home and you're like you know it's like two boys like a lot of my friends you know they're like in jail or you know, in the grave, you know, like and a lot of my acquaintances and people I went to school with. So I would say that would, that was like the start of it. It's just coming, like coming up in like, in like sort of like a jungle atmosphere and not having a male, a male role model around and having to experience things head first on my own. So when I realized that like, okay, this is what my life is like, then I just, I never look back and I do that till today. I still go out on my own. And I think that was just the start of it for just being able to just having to be uh, pushed out there and to do it on my own without having any help. So that was the start of it. Word. Uh, And would you say there was like a vibrant art community when you were growing up? Or was it like, were you listening to hip hop music? Like what are some... I was listening to like a lot of Lil Wayne actually at the time when I was growing up. And, you know, I had... um, I have an uncle actually. It's my aunt's husband. He was he was a rapper. He was real influential to me at the time when I was growing up. And um I would definitely say he had a huge impact on me because he would rap. And his name was like his name was Reek Ruga. And like I called myself Lil Reek. And like my friends called me Reek for so long after that, for like maybe like twelve or thirteen years. And I, they still call me that now, actually. And that's like my East Coast name, you know, that's what they call me. But <laughs> that came from like me wanting to like rap. So that was like my inspiration. That was the art in my life, my aunt's boyfriend. And I listened to a lot of hip hop. But you know, poetry wasn't like a thing. Like it wasn't like a, a spoken word. Like I haven't really I hadn't really heard of that. Like when I was like, you know, maybe like what? I think it's like maybe eight years ago now. I think that's when I like first did my poem, but I hadn't heard of spoken word poetry. I heard of Def Jam poetry and like you know, those soulful things always resonated with me. So that would be my inspiration in the art platforms or the art that was around me. Word. Um, so what are some projects you've worked on in Humboldt County or that you're planning to work on? Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I see DJ Goldilocks. He, um, I think, I don't even know if I can talk. I think I can. Yeah. He has a project that he's been working on and um, it's like a mixtape. So it'll be my first time or actually like my second time, my second official time recording some poetry over or some spoken word over an instrumental. So um, I do have plans to be on a mixtape with a whole bunch of other humble artists and it's going to be hosted by DJ Goldilocks coming out soon. I just spoke to him a few days ago. He said it was like a little hold up because he's waiting on studio time and COVID and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But that's coming together soon. 
And that's a project that I've been working on. And I sent him some audio maybe like a month and a half ago. So I went, I came up to Humboldt, what was it like, uh, I think maybe like three months ago. And um, so now it was like four months ago, I sent him some audio. So three months ago, I came up there and um, he let me hear it and it sounds good. And I do plan to get back up there, like I was saying earlier, and maybe I'll collab with Word Humboldt and speak with Dylan again. You know, that's where everything yes. started for me. <laughs> yes, that's where yeah. I met you is through Word Humboldt. And I love the idea of Goldilocks and you throwing down something on a track. Yeah, you know, so it's a very special thing. You know, I got like, I feel like my family, my family friends are up there in Humboldt. And I got to reconnect and reunite with my people. And because that's where it's all started. I mean, like, you know, that's where I got my my base. My foundation was was built there for sure. Under under word humble. And, you know, and a huge shout out to Dylan Collins for um, for just being a huge inspiration because he was uh, he, he was a huge inspiration for me. It was I remember I had a TED talk and just to give you a little backstory real quick. I hadn't performed on stage like ever. And I had got a chance to do this TED talk. And I'm like, man, and I had met Dylan too. And I'm like, man, I'm talking to Dylan. I'm like, like, bro, I know we don't know each other like that, but I see you do this and this is amazing. And I got this show and I need to be able to perform. So I need you to let me like, give me time and like, you know, give me some encouragement to get up there. And like, you know, he spoke with me and like, I seen him perform. And like, honestly, I would have to say, and put good thought behind this. Okay, so he, will, he was one of the main reasons why I was able, able, he was a huge inspiration why I was able to overcome my anxieties and like my stage fright and everything that I, that I had going on because I had never performed and I had a TED, a TED talk coming up. So he was a huge inspiration in overcoming a lot of those things. And that was a huge monster for me. Like that was like a huge obstacle. So you know, huge shout out to him. You have a really amazing stage presence, I must say. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so You're much. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I would say that uh, I got to know you better too through like Word Humble and um, being connected with that little poetry sphere that was always really warm and welcoming. And I'm wondering if you feel like you would have kind of taken back off through poetry um, as as much as you did when you were here, if you hadn't um, got connected with Word Humble or um, mm. like started performing in that space, I feel like people would go there to like watch you perform. Yeah, definitely. No, you're absolutely right. Like, honestly, like I have to give so much credit to Word Humble. Like without Dylan and that, that without, like I like to say that he's a mastermind because like honestly how everything flourished, like, from his thought and from the idea that he had behind word humble how everything ended up flourishing for, for for us it was like amazing so you know i think that no things would not have taken off for me in the direction that they did if it wasn't for word humble because that was like my platform that was like a foundation that i was like the platform that i could like be like hey this is where you'll find me at and he had it already set up and we had the coffee, you know, it was like the drinks, the beer, the, you know, like the snacks and stuff. So it was all there, you know what I mean? So like it provided like a convenient, like comfy place for people. And uh, I do owe a lot of my, um, yeah, that 
the taking off of like certain things would would definitely I would say would be because um, I had word Humboldt to perform at for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Save spaces. <laughs> yeah. What's that? What's that? I said woot woot, save spaces. That's right, that's right. Save space for sure. You know, like I was the only you know, okay, so no, yeah, it was me and Drea, you know, and that was a good representation of like the uh of us having some some black skin in the game there, you know what I mean? That's that's what we needed, especially in Humble, you know, like that was good for us to be there. So uh, that was great. Awesome. Um, let's see. Do you feel like black artists are commissioned and or hired enough in Humboldt County? Hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, I'm thinking no, no, no. Well, see, I work with DJ Goldilocks, like I told you, and like I did get paid for that, but I felt like I just started getting paid from my work recently. So like, mm-hmm. I, and I've been in the game three years doing this, like, you know, like I said one day, like, hey, I'm gonna do this. And like, I've been doing it, right? So I've been doing it before then, but like, since I said that I was gonna do it, it's been three years. So I'm just now to the point where I'm getting paid. Like, I got paid like a hundred dollars from like some, I got paid a hundred dollars from the show that I just did actually. So that felt good, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. okay, so when I was in Humboldt, no, I did not. I did not get commissioned to, I did not get paid. I did not get paid. And I wish that yeah. I would have, I wish that I would have, but maybe and the reason why I say about the time that I've dedicated into things is because it's like, maybe I wasn't at the talent level yet. I know that's harsh to say about myself, but maybe I wasn't at the talent level yet where people felt like, Hey, we need to, you know, give this guy some money because we want him to come here, you know? And I feel like that's a huge part of it. You know, when you like build up yourself so much that like people like, okay, we want you. We know that like you can bring something and like you do this. So we we want we want you and we want to pay for that. So I feel like if you're at that level, then maybe it would happen. But and I felt like I was good when I was in Humboldt, but I just think I didn't get paid. Well, I think it's so hard for people to like want to pay artists unless it's like some literal top chart Mm -hmm. everyone knows you're famous type of person like i i feel like so many artists and then especially bipoc artists are like oh nah i'm only getting like 25 bucks or like i get tips which Mm. i do also know it's hard to like sell tickets or like sell space for somebody that people don't know but I do think just in general, people are like, oh, we don't have to pay the artists. Like it's a commission within itself for like to be for our people to be exposed to them or, mm-hmm. you know, they think of another thing mm-hmm. that's like considered payment or at, you know. I was thinking exposure dollars. That's like the Humboldt <laughs> County thing is exposure dollars and exposure dollars don't pay the bills. <laughs> Not at all. They really don't. And, you know, and that's one thing that I was aware of when I was there. I, I was aware of the exposure dollars and like, and for me, I was like so willing to like, to do anything to like put my name out there. Like, in a sense of where it's like, okay, I don't have to get paid right now because like I'm living a chill lifestyle. Like I can handle my bills. I can like do a little of this, a little of that, make make things, you know, and survive and get through. So I'm like, but I can't pay for the time behind screen or behind behind the camera. So or in front of the camera. So I'm like, okay, so even if they don't pay me, this is like putting my name out there and 
creating a way for me to make money in the future potentially by somebody seeing me or a b c d you know what i mean so like i was very aware of that and that was a reason why i was semi okay with not being paid because like i did it for like the fame sort of speak you know i did it for like trying to put my name out there so that you know i can create something create my start to create the foundation for the legacy you know yeah absolutely yeah. and i mean it does come back kind of especially like in humble it's so small it's like you spent so much time putting yourself out there now when someone's like oh i'm looking for a spoken word artist do you know anyone so many people are able to be like oh yeah Rashad. like mm-hmm. so yep we'll yeah i mean yeah i mean you know and, and then like i believe it takes time you know it takes time like you know a lot of people i think you know, there's a lot of people that ask me like why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't you ask for this and ask for that like money wise or like, why don't I try to do this money wise with what I'm doing? And it's like, I could be doing those things, but I don't want to look like, I don't want to look unsuccessful first off. And I don't want to feel unsuccessful. And this is personal, right? So I'm thinking like when I'm good enough and like, this might be harsh again on myself, but like, it's like when I'm good enough to the point where it's like people like, oh, we have to pay him. Like we wouldn't feel right if we didn't pay him. You know, like mm-hmm. that's the feeling I want to have. So I want to create that. I want to create that type of that that level of of artistry. You know what I mean? That level of like professionalism within it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I will okay. name that. I was going to say, I will name that. Um, you definitely are great enough to be expecting to be paid for your time and energy that you put into everything. So just that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, I put a lot of like, hard work into this and I sacrificed so much and and like yeah. and sometimes I let it go out of my head how much I sacrificed and like and like how much pain I went through like literal pain like you know whether it was like me um I mean you know like there's been times where like I've quit my job in order to chase my my passion and literally like just to be able to write and like some people would think that that's like a stupid decision but like in the end and like where I'm at now and like how people respect and appreciate me and my art, it's like, it was worth it for me. Cause like, this is my life and that's what I chose to do, you know? And it doesn't always like come out like that or like the results don't always end up like that with appreciation and respect. But like, fortunately for me, it did. And it's a real thing, you know, I really did do that. So when people tell me that like, I am worth to get paid and stuff like that, it's like, I appreciate it, but it's like, they're, literal was like pain, sacrifice and hard work, sweat and tears and blood that mm-hmm. went behind this, like literal hospital visits, like before my TED, before my, um, the PBS interview that we had with Word Humboldt, like if you look at the interview, like I have a um, hospital bracelet on because I just got out of the hospital the night before from like being just running too short, like I just being on stage, being, I was doing constant shows a week, you know, so it's just it's a lot and it feels good to hear that like oh you're worth it because it's like now i know that like all of that stuff that i went through all that heartache the pain blood sweat tears everything it wasn't in vain that's yeah and it really just shows that you have passion for this so many people want to have a life in art because there's a chance that you could live a really lavish life you know through those means and then you meet people that you know are going to work from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. to get dressed in the bathroom and go to the show and then, you know, Mm. be at the show. And it sounds like you know exactly like what it means to be passionate about something 
And then it's almost like a superpower when you're able to be like, I'm so passionate about this and I believe in myself in this way so hard that I'm going to just keep bouncing over these hurdles to get to where I want to be, you know? Absolutely. You know, and that's, that's the, uh, the thing that keeps me going, actually, that, that feeling. It's like that special power. Like you said, it's literally a special power. It fuels, it fuels me and like it gives me that fire inside that I need to keep being a person that, that, that people see, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Word. Okay. Well, I'm going to switch it up a little bit and I'm going to ask, how does your art inform your activism? Well, <clears throat> being a, um, a melanated man, I, I believe that we could express ourselves more. And um, through my poetry, through my spoken word, I feel that the way that I go about doing it, it makes other melanated men and women actually that aren't as comfortable expressing themselves feel more comfortable to do so. And the reason that's so important is because communication is key. Now, and if we start doing that, then we start talking about how we feel and maybe things change. Maybe, you know, the white person or the non-melanated person understands like where we coming from now because like we can express it or we feel okay expressing it where it can come out in a genuine way instead of in an upset way, which may offend somebody else, you know? So I feel like non-verbally, <laughs> that's crazy to say because I'm saying a whole bunch of words when I'm like, performing but non-verbally I'm giving it the okay for other you know for other um black people to express themselves especially the men you know because it's like a thing in our culture where it's like you know you kind of seen as like soft if you if you express yourself or if you got some type of emotion or if you show it like that then like you might be seen as weak or this or that you know so I that's that's like one of the main parts for me is to show my through through, through my poetry, my activism is that we can express ourselves. Now, you, that doesn't mean that just emotionally, but that means like however you're feeling about what, you know, whatever you're feeling, whatever it's about, whether it's about black, you know, the black, the black rights, the, uh, the movement that we have going on for black rights or whatever it's for, you know, it's like, it's just the, to express yourself and to communicate and it's nothing wrong with that, you know? Definitely, it's a revolution within itself to tell black men that they're allowed to feel, let alone express how they feel or talk mm. about uh, topics. Uh, I don't know. I encourage everyone to just pop over and see Rashad on YouTube, but most of your content is about the livelihood of, you know, black individuals or, you know, it's not conversations that are like mainstream black culture has a lot of, you know, it's like topics that men of your age that are creating art isn't <laughs> isn't necessarily like <laughs> guiding. So I feel like that alone, just like hearing a young black man talk about uplifting ideas or, you know, using these beautiful lines to describe scenery or anything like that. It's like so much more gentle. That's the word I'm looking for, mm -hmm. what we're used to. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to be able to do, too. I want to be able to, um, it's just bringing, it's bringing that new energy where it's like, you can still be like alpha male, but 
still express yourself and still be like that, you know, and still hold your hold your manlyhood if that's what it's about for you. If you don't, you know, if you're sensitive about losing that, because I used to be one of those guys myself where it was like, nah, I'm not going to be like that, you know, but like life changed me. And when I say life, like not even life experience and changed me experience and getting out of like that small thinking or being in that small situation, that small area that I was in thinking that that was it, you know, and that's what's wrong with a lot of our culture as well. So it's like, that's why I'm here to represent that. They're like, yes, your mind, you can expand your mind. Like, and like where I'm from, it's like the hood. So like for all my friends, it's really crazy for them to see me to like, for them to see me in this light or to see me talk about these things or to hear me say these things or express things in this in a certain way so it's really it catches them off guard but i know that it provokes original thought and it and it and it, and it just um and it does something to them because like a lot of them would see me and be like nah he's not the type he wouldn't shot would never do nothing like that you know like he ain't like that but then they see me doing that but still carry myself in a certain way where it's not seen as like Oh, as a weakness, as 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 it normally would be that. Oh, he's expressing himself. Look at he's a poet. You know, like a lot of my friends have respect for me. You know, so like, um, I think that's like huge for me. You know, the fact because I feel like that's what's going to help us uplift and break some of that, some of that 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 stuff that we don't need. You know, it's the, it's that breaking free. You know, breaking free from those chains and like those restrictions. You know what I mean? It's like becoming a better person, unlocking something in your mind to know that you can feel because when you do that, you become a whole, you know, it's like it's about becoming whole. You know, that's the whole message. anyway. So, mm. oh, I love it. Redefining alpha. Ooh, I love it. I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you feel like you were able to find space and opportunity as a black artist here in Humble mm. when you were here? Like what it was a. It, your presence was welcomed in the black art community. Okay, um, have I been able to find space and opportunity as a black artist in Humboldt? Um, I would say fortunately for me, yes. I don't know how it is for other artists and I'm kind of curious about that. But, you know, as you know, I was fortunate enough and um, I would say, you know, blessed and lucky enough to be uh, a TEDx speaker. So. I felt like that was a huge honor, you know, to be able to be on that. And um, because I think the rest of the panel, they were like uh, H HSU students or like faculty or like people that were like in the community that were like there for like, you know, years in the game. And I think I had been in Humboldt maybe like three years, but like I had just felt like the outlier of the whole program because I was like this dude that didn't go to U that didn't go to uh, HSU and who didn't teach there or anything, but I was, you know, there with these people and I was able to perform. So I felt that was a huge honor for me. And uh, so I do have to say that I did, I was able to find space and opportunity. And um, through Word Humboldt as well, it was a very safe space. I don't know if I had anything to do with it because I knew Dylan and we ended up living together or he was from North Carolina like me. Like, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but. I know that, you know, I know his heart and I know that he's not racist, so he's not going to put out anything like that. So it was it was all love when it came to that. And I think there was another show, uh, the the Humboldt Poetry Show. I think yeah. that's what it's called. The mm -hmm. Humboldt Poetry Show. Yep. Yeah. So I have really good friends there, too. Shout out to Vanessa. 
um, she was actually one of the people who did a TED talk with me. So yeah, she's like one of the hosts over there at the Humboldt Poetry Show. She's a lovely person. So um, yeah, shout out to Vanessa. We had our TED talk together. It was a great moment. But um, at her show, I definitely felt welcome as well. And like, you know, I really feel like being a, um, being a Black artist, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about at first. Like a lot of times we aren't as, um, we're not, we're not allowed to be as sensitive as like, I feel that we could be. So therefore we're not in most cases. So humble seeing me being a little more sensitive than what they probably would be expecting. They welcomed me with a lot, with, with, um, with open arms. And um, I felt pretty much safe everywhere that I went to, uh, to perform. I never really felt out of pocket or, felt like I was being, um, you know, being prejudiced against or being like judged in a way that uh, that made me feel uncomfortable. So my presence was, was really welcomed in Humboldt and I'm very thankful for that. And um, shout out to Humboldt. That's my, that's like my second home. I always say that. So uh, yeah, they, my presence was definitely welcome and I appreciate that so much. I can't say that it would be like that for everyone that that's a black artist there. But I know that for me that it was really welcome and I had a lot of help along the way. And I had a lot of people who inspired me and who believed in my work and um, who were inspired by my work as well. So, yeah. That is really beautiful. And I think it's rare. And so for you to experience that, I I really love that you got that. Um, I'm wondering if there were any difficult projects or like performances that you took place in in Humboldt. On, on the other side of that story, right? <laughs> if there had to be one uncomfortable moment, do you remember in the middle of the plaza at Arcata, didn't they have like a statue there or something like that? Oh yeah, McKinley yeah. statue. That's right. Which is, so, which is gone now. Yes, thankfully, that's, that's very true. It is gone now. Um, we have, I think you can find photos of me and like Word Humboldt, like, we're all hanging out around there, but we had to perform there one time. And that kind of made me feel uncomfortable just because I didn't know, like, you know, who's outside of the area, who's looking or who may do what crazy, you know, and thank God it wasn't crazy times as much as they are now. But, you know, that was probably one of the most uncomfortable times that I had. But, you know, other than that, like, I never really performed any other places. I, I would always do my own videos, you know, and, um, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, I would never have anything too nerve-wracking happen or anything like that that I can think of right now. So I'm thankful for that as well. You know, I never had, I never got threatened or anything like that after a show. I always got love and appreciation and um, I'm thankful for that, you know? Well, I'm super excited that we had the opportunity to uh, have you here in Humboldt for sure. Yes, thank you. I'm happy to. I was. I'm so happy that I was able to like visit there and live there for five years. And you know, I may. I may just be coming back. I mean, I do have to come back. I have. I still have my place up there too. I need to. I'm. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Humboldt's always home. Like I'm coming back up there. I'll be back. <laughs> Good. That's what's up. Um, but it is always nice to go get out, take some breaths. You know, readjust all those things. I want to say thanks too for coming. And then, and just if there's anything else you want to add um, about what's coming up or 
just really yes. anything. Well, just be on the lookout. Like I said, I got, I have the big show that I just completed. I'm just super excited about it because it's like a huge production. And just like the TEDx situation, I'm just fortunate and blessed enough to be on, to be able to be another guest speaker on this platform where everyone else is like natives of, you know, of, of Santa Barbara and me not so much. So I'm thankful. I, I believe I did really good. I was told that I did really well. So I'm excited to share that. And I'm excited for it to be like part of this big series, concert series is part of. And like my message is going to get shared with more people. And I think they said they're going to give me like um, a clip of it. So I'll be able to post it on my like Facebook and my YouTube and stuff. So people will be able to uh, to look at, look to find if they're not able to catch it you know, during the time they they um, they broadcast it live through the series, you know, online. So I'm excited about that and um, stay on the lookout for me because I got some amazing things coming out this year and um, you're going to want to be a part of it. So thanks for having this platform. Y'all are amazing. And I love what you're doing. Keep keep grinding, keep making these major moves out here. And I see y'all be working with PBS and like y'all be doing y'all things. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to see that like, Y'all are thriving. It's super important to have that representation there in that in that space and in that area up there in Northern California. And I'm so happy that y'all are there and y'all are who y'all are. And I love y'all so much. Black love. And I appreciate it. Yeah. Likewise, man, you're part of that representation, too. That's right. That's We've right. You plenty of times in our space uh, sharing your message. So thank you. Yes, and I appreciate it so much. I appreciate y'all putting, you know, putting putting the word out there for me and like representing me and like advertising and like all of that good stuff. Like I love it and I love what y'all doing and it's all gonna come full circle one day. Ashe. That's right. Ashe. Rashad Hedgepeth is a passionate spoken word artist born and raised in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. He has dedicated his life to sharing his gift of self-expression after a near-death experience. Rashad intends to travel the globe, sharing and connecting with others through his words. He's been performing spoken word poetry for three years and looks forward to bringing self-awareness and spirituality together with poetry in a manner that will change the world as we know it. He is a TEDx speaker and has been featured on the PBS station multiple times. Rashad just completed a show in SoCal held by UCSB Luke Majory Concert Series. He's looking forward to sharing his message with everyone virtually come February. More details coming soon and lots of big plans for 2021. You can find him on Instagram at Rashad underscore the poetic one or raw underscore poetic vibes. His YouTube is Rashad Hedgepeth and be on the lookout for new material coming February and March of 2021. Thanks for listening to the Black Aesthetic, y'all. This was the BH Hub talking art, life, and just existence in Humboldt County. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast across all streaming platforms. If you want to get involved with the Hub or have questions or want to show us some love, you can hit us up at blackhumboldt at gmail.com. We're on all socials at blackhumboldt. 
That's B-L-A-C-K-H-U-M-B-O-L-T. And until next time, continue to walk in your Black excellence.